Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. We welcome you to another installment of the Golf Show from 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader, WSBTradio.com, and on the WSBT radio app. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy. Proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend. This week, Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club. I'm Darren Pritchett, sports director, WSBT Radio. Great to have you with us. Hopefully, you've spent a little time on the golf course. There's been a little rain this week, but we've had some sunshine and some opportunities for you to get out of the golf course, maybe for the first time, maybe for the 20th time. Who knows? But it just kind of feels like with temperatures getting into the 80s that it is truly the golf season here in northern Indiana and southwest Michigan. And as a business owner in the golf industry, boy, oh, boy, Tim, this has been outside of a little rain here and there. It just feels like the golf season has kind of unofficially started, even though you've had a lot of play at Blackthorn so far this year. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I think that, you know, you got your diehards that are out early that are going to play even when it's 50. And then you get this second wave of, of summer golfers that, you know, once they hit that 75, 80-degree mark, they start coming out of the woodwork. So we're, you know, we're seeing kind of a new wave uh, of golfers uh, coming out to play, which is great. So we've been super busy, and um, there's definitely – uh, advantages of being uh, one of the only courses open in the area, that's for sure. No doubt about it. And, Tim, we have spent the last month talking about what's been happening at Blackthorn. You've been open for a good amount of time now since the state of Indiana gave you the thumbs up to do so. We've talked about the guidelines you have put in place. The clubhouse has been closed. You've had tee times being set up via blackthorngolf.com the check-ins have been a little different i'm just wondering as we're now in phase or step three of the reopening of the state of indiana has a lot changed from what you guys did in april to what you're doing now at the end of may no um and actually we just had our staff meeting yesterday and all kind of talked it through and we've actually decided to uh continue to operate um uh, like we have been um, until June 15th, and then reestablish it. So the clubhouse will still be closed. Um, you know, people uh, book online, uh, pay online. Uh, the restaurant is only open for carryout only. Um, so all those precautions that we took earlier in the year, we're going to continue with for the next couple of weeks. And I would have to imagine over the last couple of months with these new guidelines, very few people probably – have said a word about them. I think everybody is just happy to have the opportunity to play golf because there's a lot of states where it was a challenge getting golf open. In fact, I believe Illinois this week just went from two players being able to play in a group to going to back to four-man groups with 15-minute intervals. So I think the folks here in Indiana have had it actually pretty good compared to other states. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think um, it was a blessing certainly for us. Uh, and the governor and 
uh, the work of uh, actually Linda Rogers here locally who owns Judea Creek was very instrumental uh, in helping, you know, keep the golf courses open. And I think there were some courses, as we know, you know, John, the Warren course hasn't opened and there's some other ones that haven't opened, but you know, at the end of the day, like we've talked about on this show, there's not a more safe environment. I think than being out on the golf course in the open air. Yeah. We're hoping maybe to catch up with John in just a little bit. He's, Working very hard, very busy at Warren Golf Course in Notre Dame. As you mentioned, they're hoping to get open up very, very soon. Uh, just like Blackthorn Championship Golf Course, it's very popular in our area, so we'll keep our fingers crossed that there is golf once again at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame very, very soon. Well, we had some golf on Sunday, Tim, and over 5.8 million people tuned in for the second installment of the match. Very intriguing Charity match as Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning, the Hall of Fame-to-be quarterback of the Colts and Broncos, took on Phil Mickelson and the legendary quarterback of now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady. They had to fight the rain. It wasn't exactly a glorious day down in Florida, and they had to fight, I think, some tension as well. Phil seemed tight early on. Tom (laughs) Brady really struggled until he dunked that shot from the fairway. But I'll tell you what, Tim, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed that format better than just Phil and Tiger going head-to-head two years ago. I think having the amateurs involved and giving an opportunity for Tiger and Phil to talk them through some shots, I found it more entertaining than the first installment of the match. What were your impressions? I agree. I think it was unbelievable TV and a great chemistry between the guys great inside look um, i don't know if you saw any of the practice sessions um any of the tapes or audio from the, the them warming up but even that on the range from the different pointers and the different stuff was awesome i think that this could have legs to continue i've already heard rumors of michael jordan and steph curry with mm-hmm. tiger and phil um but i think you know um, if you look at the numbers on the TV, there's probably a lot more uh, than just golfers watching. Um, so I think there's an entertainment value, and it shows. I think it also shows there the power of the NFL and how popular, yeah. you know, um, Tom Brady and, and and Peyton Manning are as well. Well, I think Peyton Manning is still very relevant to sports fans, even though he's a little over four years removed from walking away after winning Super Bowl 50. Brady in the argument for the greatest quarterback of all time. And I just think there's still enough intrigue about Tiger and Phil that they just bring eyes to the television. Mm -hmm. Tiger's never going to be one that's going to dazzle you with a microphone on. He's more business. I mean, you even saw after they won, he gave a big old fist pump on the 18th green (laughs) so he wanted to win desperately because he didn't have to hear from phil for the next year or two until they had the third match but then i just think the personality of phil mickelson shined in this particular event he's kind of the people's champion right now he's like the i guess i hope it's fair to compare the arnold palmer of our generation so many Mm -hmm. people loved arnold and jack was kind of the bad guy for a long time now tiger's never been the bad guy but but phil's been the people's champion he's been more open to the fans than tiger has throughout their careers but phil with a microphone on i'll tell you what that was as entertaining as actually the golf itself because you never knew what the heck he was going to say 
<laughs> it was great, I think. And then I think also Justin Thomas did an incredible job uh, doing the encore stuff and then the Barkley talking back and forth to Brady. <laughs> I just think they did an excellent job with the whole production of the thing. I was impressed. Justin Thomas, that's the first time he's been a broadcaster. Apparently he took some classes at Alabama, but I thought he was refreshing. And Charles just mm-hmm. being Charles talking trash in the air of Brady before he dunks that shot from the fairway was just absolutely <laughs> classic TV. Now, I noticed Hank Haney, the former teacher of Tiger Woods, he's got a podcast. And I'm not sure the people that are on his podcast, I didn't recognize the voices, but saw something on Twitter where the people that he was talking to felt like TNT that does not even do golf anymore. They did some of the majors for a time, but they're not even involved in golf television right now. They outperformed NBC and CBS's coverage by the way they attacked it. Now, I'm going to be fair to NBC and CBS from one standpoint. There was not money on the line in this event for the players like a PGA Tour event. So the the players... that's true wanting to talk more, the access given is going to be a whole lot different. You're not going to have Nick Faldo on CBS talking trash in the year of <laughs> pick your favorite golfer, Justin Thomas or or Jason Day. That's not going to happen. So you kind of you take that away, the broadcast seems a little different. But I thought they they did a really good job of using graphics in order to Mm -hmm. make the telecast more enjoyable, the ball flight, which is now basically across all forms of TV. But I also like the betting aspect of it. If you don't like betting, you don't have to pay attention to it, but they had DraftKings odds for each hole, who's going to win, who's going to have the longest drive. (laughs) And I think it's just another way, Tim, for people to enjoy watching the golf tournament. People love fantasy football. They love fantasy baseball. Here's a way for people to enjoy a telecast. They can bet a dollar. They can bet however much they want. If you throw a dollar in, it's not like it's going to break the bank for a majority of people. So why not have the ability to do so and throw some odds on the screen? That didn't bother me in the least bit, and I'm not really a better. No, I think it's great. Anything that that the game of golf can do to become more interactive, um, you know, uh, I think is awesome. I think the one thing that CBS and NBC should really be considering, and I guarantee you they are, from what we watched on, on Sunday, is if there's going to be golf with no fans. And we saw a little bit of this with the match with um, Dustin Johnson and Rory and those guys. It was just kind of boring. There wasn't, it was, you know, this was a different level of production. But I think they need to try to work with the players or the caddies have them mic'd during the broadcast once the season starts with no fans. Otherwise, watching the golf tournament with just some guys going around playing golf, you know what I mean? It just seems kind of boring. I'd love to see the PGA Tour come up with a way to, to mic these guys, you know, as we're playing these tournaments with no fans. Tim, prime example, when we had Major League Baseball spring training taking place, there was a week on ESPN where they were called all-access games, and they had various players on the field mic'd up and when they were out in the field or they were standing in the batter's box those players were talking to the broadcasters now that may be tougher in a regular season game to do especially someone at the plate so i'm not expecting that but that got rave reviews from fans 
It made spring training more interesting. I think there are ways to incorporate some of those things into a regular season major league game, but I think when you think about the new generation, Tim, there's all these gadgets. There are so many things to distract young viewers. You have to do things that's going to catch their attention. And I think this all-access, now it may not cure all the problems, but I think it gives these younger viewers an opportunity to almost go inside the ropes, learn more about these individuals. And I think that's what has made golf so popular with all the interviews the players do. Even though it's before and after the rounds, you get to know them. And now through social media, Phil puts out all these videos. And mm -hmm. the one before the match was absolutely hysterical. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was off the chart good. I think we need these, I don't want to say jacked up TV broadcasts, but there needs to be a little sizzle in order to, I think, mm -hmm. get the average fan entertained. And I think the older generation, I guess we put ourselves now in the older generation, I'm totally fine with those type of things. I'd actually like to see more stats on the screen and some of the analytics like we have in other sports. I would enjoy that. It doesn't have to take up the whole screen, but there's plenty mm -hmm. of room on a TV screen during a golf event to put little stats and pieces of information. I agree. I agree. And I think the other thing, too, Darren, that's enjoyable, you know, is also for golfers to hear the thought process of the different shots and, and to talk through. It's very educational and helpful in helping amateurs, you know, how they think about shots. So I think there's, a, you know, aspect of that as well as a learning piece for a lot of golfers that would just love to hear the thought processes. And there's no proprietary information. You know what I mean? It's not sure. like you're micing up someone who's telling you what pitch is coming next, like the Astros. You know, I mean, you can just talk about just basic how you're going to hit a shot. So I'd love to see it. I know there's been some, some pushback, and I get it. I mean, you have to have some kind of edited version if you have a – a little bit of an explosion on, you know, from John Daly or from Tiger, you know, but <laughs> you have to put a little seven-second delay on there. But anyway, I think it'd be great. I hope they do it. And um, I think it point. We just need it. We need a little pizzazz in the game of golf to get uh, viewership up, to get interest involved. Let's get it to the next generation. Sure. And just to add on to your comments, a prime example of teaching in these particular moments. Now, Phil Mickelson, I don't think it is possible for him to give a yes or no answer. Uh, I made the comment on Twitter during the event because he had these long explanations about each shot for Brady. I'm like, can you imagine Phil Mickelson explaining how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It would take 20 minutes, Tim. I mean, you would get every detail possible on how to make that sandwich perfect. But seriously, I think you're right about the miking was a teaching tool because little things like the color of the grass on the green, how it changes and how the grain, mm -hmm. you have to think about that. I, I thought there was a lot of good teaching moments with Phil going through the in-depth analysis of some of the putts for his partner, Tom Brady. I think that was very beneficial. But I even like the fact, now this may be tougher in a PGA Tour event, but I love when Justin Thomas walked up to Phil when he had missed the green and he asked Phil to go through the thinking process and how to pull off the shot. Now, Phil has one of the great wedge games, short games in golf history. And to hear him go through the explanation, maybe the average hacker is not going to pick up a whole lot from that. But I think the average golfer can learn little things because Phil talked about where he was going to set up the ball, contact with the ball, where he was aiming. See, those are the type of things that you're never going to get on a regular broadcast. I don't know if you can do that in a regular broadcast. 
But at the very least, as you said, if you mic the caddy or if you mic the golfer, you're going to get those mm-hmm. conversations. And to me, that adds a little extra juice to a broadcast that can make a big, big difference to get more people involved in the game of golf. I think little things like that can make a difference. I agree. Let's get it done. Send the letter to Jay Monahan and get it implemented. <laughs> I'm sure they're taking notes, and Phil has come out on the Dan Patrick Show and said he'd be totally fine with being miked in PGA Tour events. Oh, that's, I didn't so, hear that. But that's great. Yeah. Well, when you have one of the big guns come out and say that, that's a really, right. really good sign. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'd want that big microphone pack on the back of my trousers. I mean, when Brady hold that shot from 150, I don't know if you noticed, but that yeah, pack that came lot, off his yeah. belt, and it was just kind of floating around behind him. So there's got to be a change in the equipment, or maybe just, I think, Tim, just putting a mic on the caddy would probably serve the purpose. It would pick up all those conversations. Yep. Yeah, I think so, too. And um, I think you would – the, the caddy is always in such proximity to the player. You would You would catch – almost everything so tim firestone from blackthorn darren pritchett with you on the golf show presented by michelob ultra talking about the match last sunday i really thought tim the difference was the play of peyton manning on the front side when tom brady was really struggling just to make contact phil wasn't sharp at that time tiger was hitting every fairway although i think the fairways are rather forgiving in places at Seminole, but I, I thought the play of Peyton Manning really was the difference, and that's the reason why Tiger and Peyton defeated Phil and Tom was the execution of Brady, including that beautiful birdie putt he had on a par three. Yeah, no, he played great, and I thought Tiger's swing looked amazing. I think he is back. You know, I think we, we were all concerned, you know, when he dropped out of the earlier events, you know, this year, was he really going to be able to play? And I thought his golf swing looked good. I think he hit every fairway and swinging well. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, you could tell um, Tom Brady was a little nervous. Some of those shots were brutal. (laughs) I mean, I'll bet you if you took his golf glove off, Tim, his knuckles would have been white. He had to have been squeezing that club (laughs) so tight, which if you're a golfer, you know, the tighter you – you grab that grip, the less likely you are to have a the ability to hit a good golf shot. But he was so tight and nervous early on. You almost felt for him, but I know being an old Patriot and winning all those Super Bowls, I doubt too many people felt bad for him. I mean, he's married to a supermodel. He's been to nine Super Bowls. He's won six. So it almost feels good to see that he's a guy that actually human. struggles in something once in a while. Right. In fact, the golf is the great uh, human equalizer, you know. So it was great to see a little bit of uh, humanity out of Tom Brady. And I was wondering, Tim, you course, mentioned – he holds Go ahead. the shot. And it's like, uh, you know, oh. when he holds the shot on the ferry, oh, God, here we go. I mean, the fact that Barkley had just trash-talked in zero, I want a piece of you. I mean, the yep. timing of that could not have been any better. And just to build on your comment about Tiger – I was actually concerned how that was going to go considering his back issues. You had the rain. I'm not sure how cool it was. I'm sure when it was raining, it got a little on the chilly side for Florida anyway. But with all that Mm -hmm. rain, I was wondering how the back was going to hold up. Maybe the iron shots went a little awry on the backside. I was wondering if his back tightened up at all. But I'll tell you what, the driver looked very, very good. And when that driver is going straight, that normally means everything's going to fall into place. Yeah, I'm excited. I was glad to see him hit it good. And 
like I said, I thought the golf swing looked good. I didn't see any, you know, anything, uh, you know, where he gets into this jerky kind of motion that looks very smooth and controlled. And, um, you know, I think he's back, which is good for golf. I mean, geez, yeah. we need him. There's no doubt. And and one final thought on the match, too, that was on TNT. I'm taking you back a few years, and I think I have the right person. But do you remember on the Golf Channel, they did a series of shows centered around Ray Romano and Charles Barkley getting lessons. And week by week. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Was it Hank Haney that was the instructor? Hank Haney. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. And we all remember Chuck, and if you go to YouTube and you need a chuckle, just type in Charles Barkley playing golf. And Charles has, without a doubt, the most unique golf swing ever. It actually wasn't on display at the end of the the match, too, when he, for charity, played a hole. But he is known for stopping in the middle of his backswing just before contact with the ball, then restarting and trying to hit it. It's the most awkward thing, and I don't even know how you hit the ball the way he does, considering he'll pause almost two or three times in his golf swing. But when we saw him take this challenge at Seminole play one hole for charity, he never paused once. Now, I'm not saying the golf swing was epic, but I got to admit, I got to give it to Charles. He loves the game. He knows he stinks. He'll say he stinks. But he's actually made some progress where he can actually almost make some decent contact with the golf ball. So that was very enjoyable to see because I feel bad. We all laugh at him, and no one wants to be laughed at. He takes it well. But if you go to YouTube, there is this video where someone has pieced together like 50 of his golf swings, and every swing has these pauses, and people are laughing at these events. And I really do feel sorry for him because he loves the game. He wants to get better. But the good news is, he looked a little better at the end of that match. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, to be honest. I think, you know, that's just such a mental glitch. There's nothing physical wrong with him that he does that. That's just something going on in his in his brain that he can't pull the trigger. But, yeah, no, it, was, it was good to see him swing halfway normal. I guess it's like having the yips putting. It's just on his Very golf similar. swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very can't odd. pull the trigger. Tim Firestone, owner of Blackthorn. Go ahead. I was was just going to say one of the best lines from the match. I I don't know if you caught it, but I think Phil had hit it left. He was kind of on a mud road type of thing, and and Tiger drives over there, and he says, uh, you need a tee? You know, to try to get – and Tiger says, I have a a silver U.S. Open trophy you can use as a tee if you want to borrow one. I don't know if you caught that line or not. I did. Referring to Phil not getting the U.S. Open. <laughs> I thought that I, was pretty good. I did. That was – Phil's good about it. He was humorous. He was like, yeah, I got six of those silver coins. <laughs> so he took it well. And I think I Peyton actually got under Brady's skin a, a little bit on the driving reins when he mentioned he should maybe bring in Nick Foles, the Eagles quarterback, or Bill Belichick to caddy. <laughs> Brady called it a cheap shot, and I and I kind of felt like Tom was a little offended by the Foles thing since Foles and the Eagles upset the Patriots a few years ago. The Philly special was the famous play. They scored a touchdown on fourth down from inside the Patriots' five-yard line. So I actually think Peyton might have went a step too far in Brady's eyes with that little comment right there. Oh, I think that's great. 
Don't you feel bad for millionaires having to take jokes? <laughs> it must That's be right. horrible. <laughs> Playing on the best golf courses in the world, and yeah, yeah. Now, Go look, home. at the end of the day, we didn't mention, but they raised twenty million dollars. Isn't which that something? I thought was amazing. So that was fantastic. That's what it was all about, raising the money. And at the end of the day, Phil still has bragging rights because he took home $9 million from winning the first match. And at least as far as we know, none of these individuals took money for playing in this. All the money went to charity. So I guess Phil, in a weird way, still kind of got the last laugh, kind of. Yeah. I bet there's more to come. You watch. I think this is going to get a lot of steam. Michael Jordan and, and Steph Curry, that's an interesting combination to be in the next match. That's actually a pretty good choice right there. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. So, stay tuned. Stay tuned, that's for sure. We will take a timeout. We'll continue with the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra on 96.1 WSBT, the sports leader. Welcome back to the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT Radio with Blackthorn owner Tim Firestone. I'm Darren Pritchett. I noticed during the match, Tim, and also in the previous week's charity event, the golfers were able to use rangefinders. Now, rangefinders helps you analyze your golf shot, yardage. That is not allowed during a PGA Tour event, but I like the fact without caddies, the guys were able to use these rangefinders during the events. So, Tim, first off, I've never used a rangefinder. For golfers out there that have never used one, what exactly can a rangefinder do for you as you prepare to hit a golf shot? Well, I'll tell you, Darren, technology, as you can imagine, um, has changed the product um, greatly. I mean, these things now uh, are so clear and so easy to shoot your target, um, to give you the yardage, and then also it can give you the slope. Um, So if you're downhill, it'll tell you the yardage is 150, but it's playing 140 based upon how the slope is. Mm-hmm. And they're they're great um, to a help speed up the game, um, and I think what I see is still it's the better players uh, at our golf course that use them. If I give a 15 handicapper a ballpark yardage, there's no way that it matters if you're 145 or 150. You know what I mean to a mm-hmm. to a 15 handicapper. When you're a you know a five or handicap or a scratch golfer, it makes it, you know, you can dial it in five yards. Um, so I think they're a great uh, addition to the game. I think anything to speed up play, uh, again, we talk about how do we make the game easier and more enjoyable to play. Um, why not take advantage of that technology and allow golfers to use it? I will say at the state level professional tournaments, they do allow them. Um, but not with a slope. You can get, you can use a yardage hmm. uh, finder, if I'm not mistaken. So they have implemented that on the local levels, but I don't know that they allow it. Um, uh, I don't think the web.com lets them do it or the, um, right. or on the PJ Tour. But I bet you it's coming, Darren. I would not be surprised at all. Just as an example, at Blackthorn, the par 3 16th, you've got the T, and then there's a big – valley in front of the green then it comes back up a little bit but i still think there's an elevation difference as i picture between t and green so when you use that range finder it's going to give you great accuracy of that yardage for that shot despite the fact that the levels of the t and the green are different yes 
So that one, surprisingly, is not that big of a difference. Isn't it? Okay. Um, it's maybe three yards or so. Um, number three um, is, a, is a big difference. Oh, um, yeah. On three, especially if the pin's down below in the, in the front part of the green. Um, the biggest one is nine, um, the par four on your approach shot coming down into the ninth green. Um, that's usually at least, you know, five or six yards playing less with the slope. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, um, it's definitely useful. And then, and but the only thing it doesn't factor is, is, is the wind. So that's really the only thing you're figuring out now is what's the wind going to do to the shot after you figure in the slope and the yardage. And Tim, if they were to make rangefinders legal on the PGA, LPGA, Symmetra on down the line, it's not like you're eliminating caddies. You still have to factor in wind and other alternatives. So mm-hmm. the caddies got to carry the bag. They're still going to give information. They're going to read putts, those type of things. Yep. So it's not like we're eliminating caddies. So why not give the best tools to the best players in the world? And, again, I think also, Tim, when you think about how long some of the golf tournaments are on TV for, if you can cut off 15 minutes, I don't think mm-hmm. that's a negative. And if range finders can do that, I think it's a positive. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, look, at the end of the day, the caddy is going to get the right number. You're not giving them anything they're not going to find. So why not just give them, give them a number? And the caddy obviously would hold the range finder and would do the, you know. And I, I think it's just, uh, again, a way to speed it up. And I, I, I would say that that's coming here in the next few years, without a doubt. So, Tim, we spoke right before this segment started. You don't have a range finder right now, but you're intrigued by them. You're thinking about getting one. Is there a brand or two that you've been told or that you have used, you borrowed from someone that you think that our golf listeners out there should take a look at if they're interested in getting a rangefinder? Well, I mean, I think it's like anything else in golf. There's several brands out there. Bushnell is the clear leader um, in quality and, uh, and obviously the most expensive, but um, that's definitely the, the Cadillac brand of rangefinders. But you have all kinds of different uh, lower price knockoffs that probably work fine. Um, maybe they don't have as long of uh, battery life, or the or the graphics aren't as clear, or other things like that. But I would recommend recommend Bushnell. Hmm. Well, I'm curious. I'm I've never used one, and I would say, Tim, maybe the follow up question should be: Do you think there's a cutoff? in terms of the quality of player that should get a rangefinder, if someone just enjoys playing and they maybe shoot 120 going out playing golf, is there still some benefit to them having a rangefinder? You know, I, probably. I mean, again, like, for example, at Blackburn, we have the GPS units inside the right. carts. And those GPS units are, are within five yards. And if you're a, a, a Sunday golfer or, you know, <clears throat> you know, a higher handicapper, that, that GPS yardage is going to be fine for you. There's no reason to have a, a, a range finder. I would say when you are playing a course that doesn't have GPS, they're definitely beneficial, especially mm-hmm. courses that aren't marked well. I'm sure you've played courses that you can't find a sprinkler head or, you know what I mean? They're, they're just <laughs> yeah. not marked very well. Um, but I think, you know, even at Blackburn with the GPS, the better players, the members that we have, or guests that come that are better players still trust that Bushnell and want that exact yardage. Folks, take a look at Rangefinders. Check them out. See if it would be something that you would enjoy having for your golf game. 
and Bushnell was one of the companies that Tim mentioned to take a look at. Well, Tim, why don't we tell our listeners right now what's coming up at Blackthorn this weekend, and of course, you got the Blackthorn card still available. Well, yeah, the Blackthorn cards available. We're selling them like crazy. Um, good news for the golfing public is that um, most of our June outings have postponed till later in the season. Um, so we only have one day with an event in the month of June, and other than that, it's wide open to the public to come and play. So um, check out our website, blackthorngolf.com, um, all our different membership benefits, and um, uh, really, uh, of course, is in really great shape right now, too. Um, and also, Dan, I wanted to mention uh, we are uh, going to do our junior golf camps um, this summer. And we've had quite a few people take advantage of getting their young ones signed up for that. So, again, you can check that out at blackthorngolf.com and sign up right online for our summer golf camps. Awesome. That's very, very good news for junior golfers out there. And I have to say, while I was doing sports beat the other day, I was watching television. Last week, I remarked there was John Foster popping up on the screen during sports, and I was watching a feature on SBT Earlier this week while I was doing Sports Speed, and in one of the shots for about five seconds was that, that little spirited bar in downtown South Bend that you're a part of. So it was good to see Spirit to get on TV a little bit. Great. I love it. Yeah, We need right people there. to start coming out and supporting the local restaurants. I know it's tough, but carry out and encourage people to really get out there and keep these places afloat, you know. Um, otherwise, a lot of them aren't going to make it, and we're going to lose a lot of valuable places yeah. in town. Where is Spirited located? Maybe your hours. Let's just mention those since we're talking about it. Yeah, we're open right now, um, kind of modified hours from 5 to 10 p.m., and we're right next to the South Bend Chocolate uh, Company right downtown. Perfect. Very good. Well, Tim, we're going to sign off for your two segments for the golf show this week. Always appreciate your conversation, and hopefully you guys have a wonderful weekend at Blackthorn. And, again, blackthorngolf.com. Get your tee times and enjoy some great golf at a championship golf course like Blackthorn right here in South Bend. So, Tim, thank you, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Darren. Have a great day. You too. More golf show coming up in just a moment on 96.1 WSBT and live on the Sportsbeat app. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. Hopefully, Warren will be open next week at this time. So, Tim, it's all yours. What's coming up at Blackthorn? We're open for play. Come on out. Blackthorngolf.com. Very good. Guys, enjoy it as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Darren. For John and Tim, I'm Darren. The Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra. Stay in, stay active, enjoy. Proudly distributed locally by United Beverage of South Bend on WSBT South Bend. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 